0: Success leaves clues. And when we can look back at successes and work on repeating it, it won't be luck next time it happens. It will be intentional. Hey, I'm Ashley Agle. Some of you might know me as Ashley Burkhart, and I'm a former D1 and professional softball player who spent a few years coaching in the college game before deciding to put all of my focus into youth softball players and helping them make their dreams and their goals happen for them it's our job to help them unleash their potential and become the athletes they've always dreamt of i come from a small city in the midwest and didn't let that stop me from making my goal of playing d1 softball a reality no matter where you live you have the tools to help you thrive and i am hoping through this podcast to help you get there On this podcast, you'll learn from Olympians, Hall of Fame coaches, and elite players what their journeys have been like, and you'll also learn from me and my family a bit of our journey through the game. I'm so excited to have you here, so whip out your notebook and let's learn how we can grow in this game together. Welcome to When the Cleats Come Off. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. I'm your host, Ashley Agle, and let's get into it. If you notice in this title, it is about 10 ways to separate yourself from your opponents, from even people that you're competing with on your team. It is our job to learn ways to separate ourselves, and I'm giving you 10. There's probably 50 different ways that you can separate yourself, but these are some of the first ones that came to mind for me, and I'm excited to share it with you. And yes, this episode is actually inspired by a tweet that I saw. I'm going to tag it in the show notes. And some of these are actually along the same lines of the tweet that I saw, but it was pretty epic and it inspired me to record this today. All right. The first way that you can separate yourself is by showing up early, not five minutes early, but 15 to 20 minutes early, if not sooner. Use that time to get in extra reps, bond with your teammates, help set up for practice, or whatever you can find yourself doing in that early time. If you make time to put in just a little extra work every week and you're consistent with it, you're getting in so many reps that most don't. And if your coaches even see that you're putting in the extra work on yourself, you'll likely be the first one called before someone else on your team. Okay, I love number two. Make everything a competition. I grew up in a household where everything was competitive, whether it was board games or racing up the stairs. I have two younger sisters and also a dad and mom who are competitive, so it was a crazy environment. But you can add things like picking up balls the fastest, who can do it the fastest in the cage, maybe family uno night, battleship, reps off of live pitching, can you make that game-like, add competitions everywhere. Maybe you can ask a teammate who can hit more line drives off a front toss or tee work. Make things competitive around you, and you'll be a tougher competitor if you do. This is where, coaches, you can help your players the most here. Of course, reps are important. You need to be able to work on mechanics often, but then maybe end with some sort of competition where you can add pressure to the reps to increase your athlete's competitive fire. Make everything a competition and you will be separating yourself from many. All right, number three, eat well, stay hydrated, especially on those long weekends at the ballpark. Make sure you're keeping your energy up by fueling well, keeping up your calorie intake with fruits and light snacks between games, like a PB&J, granola bar, or some pretzels, and get hydrated at least two days before competition. You may not think about this being a separator, but it absolutely is. Most athletes are only drinking water or Gatorade when they're thirsty, and that means that they're already starting to feel tired. But if you take care of this prior, you will not be tired. If you find yourself thirsty or dehydrated, it's probably too late. Your energy and stamina to be your best from inning one to inning seven, or even from game one to game seven, depends on this. And most are not focusing on this. Check out the latest episode that we just had before this one with dietitian Caitlin McNally for a couple more fueling ideas to make this part a little bit easier for you. She gives a bunch of snack ideas, hydration ideas, how much water or Gatorade should you be drinking. It's a really, really good episode and I'll tag it in the show notes for you if you want to check it out. But this could be a massive separator. Number four, stay optimistic. So I looked up the definition of optimism. And it is hopefulness and confidence about the future or the successful outcome of something. Most athletes get really quiet when things aren't going well or the team is struggling. If you can learn to see and communicate that one bad inning, bad play, or bad at bat doesn't define you, you'll quickly see that your next opportunity will be exactly that. An opportunity to make an adjustment or show up better the next time. It's about being down by five or 10 runs, but working to find ways to make a comeback, whether that's focusing on one pitch at a time, one hit at a time, and being absolutely present in the moment. Who knows? Your team might be able to make a comeback and win, but you won't know unless you're optimistic. I have a funny example here. So my junior year of high school, I played at Bishop Dwenger, and we were facing some team that has been to multiple state championships, and this is our first time ever making it to state. We were so nervous, freaking out. I had a really bad error in that game. I Bases were loaded, loaded, and I got a ball at shortstop, and I overthrew the catcher. We all were nervous. So quickly, we were down by seven runs in the fifth inning. Didn't look like we were going to make a comeback. Trust me, it was awful. But then my team decided that we were going to beat them at their own game. We were going to be as loud as we possibly could be, own the moments that we have, focus on literally one hit at a time. And before you knew it, we were down by one run in the sixth inning, and we had one more inning to try to win, and we won. I'm pretty sure the score ended up being nine to eight. It was an epic battle. But without optimism, we wouldn't have won. So understand that optimism is focusing on being present, not knowing what's going to happen in the future, but making the most of every single moment that you have, whether you're down by 10 runs or not. And you'll be able to show up and be the team that, that could win these epic battles. But if we don't have optimism, we lose. So make sure you practice it. Number five, this one's a big one. Stop trying to fit in. Most people in this world are trying to fit in. But being yourself and being your best self and keep on improving on how to be your best self is the separator. I spent way too long comparing myself to others, and that was even before Instagram was a thing. Now it's even heightened. But realize that most people care too much about what others think of them, and it hurts them in the long run. It hurt me. Trust me, when you own who you are, and that includes your awkward tendencies, but know what makes you great and holds your head high, you'll attract the right friends who will uplift and support you on your journey. But do the opposite and conform to what others want you to be, and you'll find yourself not flying as high as you could. Who you surround yourself with matters. And if you have the right people in your corner who want what's best for you, and there may only be a couple of them, you'll find yourself right where you want to be and actually making your dreams happen. Okay, number six, I need you to play to your strengths and focus on making them better. A lot of people get caught up in having to beat their opponents at their game, but the way you're going to beat them is by playing your game. Also, as important as it is to work on our weaknesses, which of course we should be doing, We need to be working on making our strengths even better more. If you're a pitcher and you have an epic rise ball, keep working to make it better. Monica Abbott said it best in her last interview with me. Keep finding ways to get better at your strengths and working to get as close to perfect at them as possible. I know perfect isn't attainable, but if we can get as close as we can to it, that's the moneymaker. That's how Monica was able to play till she was almost 40. She kept learning ways to get better and better and consistently chased greatness. You can do the same. Figure out what are you amazing at. Now focus on that and look for ways to get even better at it. Keep working on your strengths. Keep grinding at your strengths. Of course, we want to spend a little time on our weaknesses so that we're not you know, plummeting whenever those come to life, but get really good at your strengths and play to them, and you will beat opponents that you didn't even think you could beat. Also, YouTube is a great resource, so check out YouTube for a lot of ways to get better at your strengths. Number seven, be consistent in everything that you do. Most people only do the hard work when it feels good or they feel like doing the hard work. But if you show up on your best days and your worst, that's where you can ultimately separate yourself from the pack. That consistency compiles over time, giving you the upper hand when most do not. Be consistent with your scheduling and your routines, and you'll have that to lean back on to trust when pressure is on the line. This one is huge. This might be the biggest one on the list. One tip that I know will help with your consistency is by planning when you're going to work on your training. Maybe every Sunday you sit down with your family and plan your entire week. So it's your training, it's your meals, whatever it is, and plan to stick to it and not have to try to think about when you're going to train in the thick of the week when things are stressful, especially now that school is starting back up. You have school to think about. You have extracurriculars that you're doing. You have practices for other teams, but plan it early and you'll likely do it. Of course, you can make adjustments because life happens and things come up, but it's essential to be consistent with this routine because that's going to separate yourself from the average because you're working when you feel like it, when you don't feel like it, and you're getting in those wraps when most aren't. All right, we only got a couple left. Number eight, learn from your failures and your strengths. I know everyone, including me, talks about learning from our failures all the time. I have several episodes on this. And looking at our failures and learning from them can be truly digging deep as to why we struggled in the box or at your position that day. But planning that week to hammer that specific skill until you've mastered it or come close to mastering it is the best way to increase our confidence in that skill the next time around. My dad taught me this, but even working on it for a few minutes right after a game or in between games can be a good habit to address the source ASAP so you're not left nervous for the next game. Now, how can we learn from our strengths? Not people do this, so make sure you're listening. Pause this and grab a piece of paper if you need to. When you have a successful day or moment journal about it. Seriously, a lot of people don't know how to journal. Journaling, I should have added as a number to be the separator, but if you know how to journal and journal well, massive. So here's what you can do. Take five minutes and write about anything and everything you remember that made that thing happen. Were you saying good things to yourself in the box? What did your routine look like? Were you nervous or were you excited? What did you do before, during, and after that epic moment that you want to do again? Success leaves clues. And when we can look back at successes and work on repeating it, it won't be luck next time it happens. It will be intentional. You can also do this with your failures. If you take five minutes to journal about a bad day and then take those notes and decide what you're learning from it and go plan to work on it, again, that's the moneymaker. And definitely, this is probably 3% of all athletes in the country do this. Master this, and you'll love it. Number nine, learn to love the pressure and bet on yourself. The best way you can do this is by making your practice harder than the game, which is why I suggested adding competitions to yourself within practice a little bit earlier on. You learn to love pressure by expecting it. And having, quote unquote, been there, whether that's practicing visualization beforehand, or if you've physically done this in practice before, you've done it before. It's so much easier to get it done in the game if you've walked through those scenarios before. And always bet on yourself when you're in the situation. We had Florida standout Skylar Wallace on the podcast recently. Some of you, this was your favorite episode. And she kept talking about betting on herself In any moment, she sees herself winning every situation, whether that's in the box, on the base paths, on defense, she sees herself winning every time. And that didn't come by chance. She practiced this all the time, in practice, at home, whenever she was betting on herself. And that doesn't mean she's always winning, but I can promise you, she's winning more often. All right, number 10, let's wrap this up. Outwork Everyone around you, everyone. If you're the hardest worker, then you know any opponent you face you've worked harder than. Then you have the leg up. Same thing with your team. Whether you're starting on your team every game right now or not, if you continue to strive to outwork and be the hardest worker in your sprints, in the weight room, diving for balls in practice that no one else is diving for, pushing your limits more than anyone else. One, you elevate absolutely everyone around you on your team, which obviously just makes the team better. And two, you'll be the most prepared physically and mentally for any challenge that comes your way. Then you can lean on that to give you confidence when you're facing a great opponent. Imagine if you can say and truly believe in yourself, no one has worked harder than me for this moment. It's a leg up and it's within your reach, but only if you practice it. All right. All in all, the best love the hard. They love the challenge. They aren't afraid to fail because they know that got them one step closer to success. They're optimistic when everyone around them might feel lost or down. Here's a bonus one I didn't even mention. Separate yourself by being a leader by example. You don't care what anyone else is doing and what they're doing, as long as you are getting your job done that's needed. Get your job done. Don't worry about anybody else's job. Do your job to the best of your ability. Every sprint, you're trying to be the best to win, even if you're not the fastest. After every bad moment, you keep your head high and get back to cheering on your teammates that have your back because you have theirs. Remember, separating yourself is not the easy route. I'm very sorry to say. But when you do this and when you practice this intentionally, you'll find out, that it does end up being the best thing for yourself and you find yourself more successful. Keep your head down and do the work. Take the high road when everyone else is taking the low and you'll find yourself reaching those big goals that you've had for yourself way sooner than you think. Now go get it done. I believe in you. If you haven't done this already and are enjoying When the Cleats Come Off, the easiest way to support this podcast is by subscribing to it on the platform that you're listening to right now. You'll also be the very first to be notified when my next episode drops when you do. The second easiest way to support the podcast is by sharing this with one friend. Help raise the standard for the people in your corner and watch all of you start to thrive more. Follow me on social for some of the best quotes, tips and clips from each episode and you can find them all on my social media platforms in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. And never forget to stay awkward, stay humble, keep smiling, and bet on yourself. I'll see you next week.